released the Tobey Maguire cut. It's the 1997 PlayStation RPG Saga Frontier this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That? The party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. How are you? You know, I'm good. I just, uh, I'm good except for one thing. I just had to, um, from the hallway, I could smell just my cat left the stinkiest dump. That's how you're starting box. this? That's how you're yes, starting Yes, because this. I'm in such a... It's just shocking to me that cats poop can, then can smell so, so bad, like so bad. Like all she has is like kibble and cat food, which is like you, you'd think that would mitigate this. But I don't understand how cats can be so majestic and so beautiful and so quiet. Let's, le- let's lean into that that part about cats let's lean into the part where uh they're they're little lions yeah that we've domesticated and made less about how your cat is taking the world's biggest shit apparently um this is called this is called 11 months of quarantine um well cats according to my recollection of a netflix documentary i never finished is that cats are not are not so much domesticated as like dogs are domesticated, whereas mm. cats have just adapted to living in domestic settings, mm-hmm. but like have not are are not domesticated, so to speak, in the way that a dog is. Um, but yes, but yes, uh, if my cat was ten times bigger, she would eat me. Do you think so? Do you think that Frusak would eat you? Because I don't think my cat would eat me. I think that my cat would, uh, well, I don't know. If if Cosmo's 10 times bigger, yeah, probably. But as it stands right now, I think he would just kind of like try to figure out like, okay, can I just like lick you? Can I nuzzle? Can I like, what is this? Do you think he'd just be more curious than anything? Yeah, I think that I I want to think that about fruit snack, but then also I think, well, what do I offer? What do I know I offer her? Like for mm-hmm. sure, warmth. She likes yeah. she loves to cuddle and she loves when I give her food. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know, if I didn't provide that, would there be enough for her to be like, I don't think she'd eat me, but I definitely think she'd just like bounce. Like if she didn't <laughs> If she wasn't, if the world wasn't so big outside and she was large enough, I think, I don't think she'd eat me so much as be like, I don't, I don't have to be here. Okay. Um, I might come back. I'll let you know. Do you think she'd go to like somewhere far, far away? Somewhere in outer space, maybe? You know, I, I. Like a sci-fi universe? I do. That's, that's my concern, Nadia. Is that she goes to some sort of sci-fi universe. You know, called the regions. We got there. We got there. I was like, you set me up with the worst possible way to get there. And then we still got there anyway, because we're that good. Just record time. I'd say that's record time. (laughs) Uh, Let's bring in our wonderful guest. You've heard her before on this podcast, and she's a host at Venn TV. Please welcome back Emma Fife. Hello, everybody. Hello. 
Um, I just wanted to add a comment to the cats thing. So okay. basically the definition of a domesticated animal is could not survive in the wild without a human being taking care of it. Mm. So dogs, they can't. They just can't. Uh, but cats, like, I am very confident that had my cats not been raised by humans, they would be absolutely fine in the wild. My cat's from the streets, so I know he was doing <laughs> fine. He was yeah. fine on his own, and now he's even better. He's thriving inside of a little apartment. Yeah, like, my cats were bottle babies, I'm pretty sure, because I adopted them when they were really, really little. But also they have very serious dreams uh, about murdering birds. So <laughs> I'm confident they could do it. I have seen them kill houseflies and it is a wonder to behold. So I think they'd be all right. Yeah. Uh, one time my cat got a hold of a moth and I was like, oh, there's those instincts kicking in. Good yep. for you. Yeah. Yep. yeah then there's treat. other times where there's like a big spider on the bathroom floor and you pick the cat up, put it in front of the spider mm -hmm. and they just kind of like look at it, smell a little and then walk away. And, and it's like, like what bye. more do you what what's more entertaining for you right now? What's what's not? Why is this not enough? A mm -hmm. bottle cap. They just want to mm -hmm. bat around a bottle cap. Honestly, though, or a chapstick. That's been my cat's biggest thing lately. If I leave a chapstick on a desktop, on a table, forget it. It's got to go in a drawer. Yeah, they oh, like to yeah. bat things around. I woke up at like four and something was going on on top of my dresser. I didn't know what. I was just mm. like, oh, she must. Something. Something's going on. And when I got up this morning, the top drawer of my dresser was open like two inches and like four different pairs of underwear were partially oh. pulled out. <laughs> so she spent the evening trying to get into my underwear. Do we know why? Um, no. Just cats. Okay. She yeah, likes sure. to get into the drawers. She does. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> drawers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, she does like getting in, like trying to like paw at it, like a dresser drawer until I open it. And so that's not new. Right. Um, and then when she's in, she usually likes to just burrow into the, the clothes. So mm. my guess is she wanted to do some burrowing, but she couldn't get the, the drawer open enough. Mm. Oh. I'm just imagining her struggling. It's so cute. I mean, honestly, it is. And then I think, well, there's no way she could live in the outside world. She can't even open a goddamn drawer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think opening drawers comes up that often in nature, if I'm being totally honest. That's true. But I guess like, what if she had to like move something to get into a sewer to escape a coyote? Mm -hmm. That is a legitimate concern. Or what if she had to um, input the command on a ship to take you to the regions? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's as good as good, any. Good transition. Okay. Good transition. So today we're about Saga Frontier, uh, which I is part the of that you emphasized saga. the ga part. It's spelled S A I mean, and then capital G A. It, it is spelled in a way where you would think that perhaps that is how you pronounce it. Saga. <laughs> That's all I could think when I was reading about. I was like, Saga. Really? Um, all I could think was add a Z and an L, and it's Saga Frontier. Oh, oh, had to get that out now or I'd be just sitting on it for the rest of the episode. Oh, so oh he's going to bring it, it back. Don't you yeah, worry. I'm sure. 
lot of romancing saga titles so there's like a whole series of romancing saga <laughs> here for it so saga frontier is part of the saga series which yes. is a sci-fi uh role-playing game which well was- yeah so saga frontier is a sci-fi game the other okay. one's previously leading up to this and then even saga frontier 2 which i think is technically romancing saga 8 um uh most of them have a more like traditional fantasy setting, mm-hmm. but in sort of the middle late ish nineties Squaresoft, who of course make uh, the final fantasy games. Well now it's square Enix cause they merged with Enix, but at the time right. it was Squaresoft. They got on this real kick of doing sci-fi, which kind of started with final fantasy six. They fully embraced with final fantasy seven. And then this game was released the same year in Japan anyway, as final fantasy seven. And they really went, in on the this was this was definitely more in the sci-fi vein like a final fantasy seven six ish (laughs) right yeah it's it's around that same time because this was released uh july 97 yeah um they're gonna be doing a remastered version coming soon summer 2021 uh emma why do you know that why do you know saga oh my god okay so i was trying to figure out okay so my brother got Final Fantasy VII, I want to say, for his birthday in 98. Like, we didn't play the year it came out, which was 97. And it was released in the U.S. in 97. But we played it in 98, like, right after my brother's birthday. Finished it probably around Christmas time of that year. And Final Fantasy VII, like, changed me as a gamer, just, like, fundamentally, because up to that point, I had mostly played fighting games and racing games, and I was really into Resident Evil, so I'd played the first and second Resident Evil games, um, because, and both of those games were super appealing to me because they really had a lot more story to them than, like, fighting games or racing games, which most of them, um, a lot of fighting games actually do have stories, but you had to, like, basically read the instruction manual and do a lot of reading between the lines to, like, get the story. And this was pre, it wasn't pre-internet completely, but it was before the time wherein we were all using the internet regularly. Again, this is, like, end of 1998. Yeah, um, you had to buy a guide. You oh, had to yeah. go to a store yes. and buy a guide 100%. to help beat a game if you oh, need yeah. help. Otherwise, oh, we have you're the Brady just, Game Strategy Guide. You're just figuring it out on your own otherwise. Yeah. It's yep. so weird to think about that. Like, this is a much more rudimentary um, game compared to Saga Frontier, but I just bought the Mega Man Legacy Amazing. On, on Switch, which is l- just the NES Mega Man game. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it truly, I have to Google and be like, what weapon is good against mm-hmm. Heat Man? Mm-hmm. Like, I, and, and I constantly think, like, what would what would we do you would have in that in this day and age uh you would have either like had to go to a prototype i think game faqs was around at this point but like a game faqs type message board website where some person on their own time as a hobby had painstakingly written up a strategy guide, which you would have to print because you probably weren't going to like, you didn't have Wi-Fi. Yeah. So you had to dial up. You you had to get on and off as fast as possible. Yeah. So it's like either you were playing the game and you also had a computer that was connected to the internet with the guide up on it, or you printed it or you bought a strategy guide, which we definitely had the like Brady game strategy guide for Saga Frontier. We also had it for 
Final Fantasy VII. Um, but I think the way I found out about the game was probably in like Electronics Gaming Monthly, which was a magazine that was around at the time that my brother and I bought. Same. Uh, for Gen Z, we a magazine <laughs> was this like glossy book that would come out maybe once a month, mm-hmm. once every couple of months. And it would have articles, yeah. photographs. Yeah. Uh, and people would get paid good money for it. Yep. It was wild. So basically, I loved Final Fantasy VII so much, and I wanted to play other games that were like that. And so I basically found out, again, I think probably from EGM, that uh, there was this game that was already released in the U.S. called Saga Frontier, which was by the same company. Mm -hmm. So my brother and I were just like, great, we're going to get that game. (laughs) And uh, I'm very, very glad that we got, I think we were using the Brady Game Strategy Guide from the get-go with this one because unlike Final Fantasy VII, which certainly starts off very, very linear because you're kind of stuck in this one city and it basically tells you where you need to go next. The thing that's crazy about Saga Frontier is it's kind of an, it's like open world exploration. So there's not really any direction as to, oh, okay, you started this quest and here's where you need to go. It basically like in any given storyline, because there are seven protagonists that you can play as in this game, given storyline, you basically get a setup and then they're like, okay, good luck. Yeah, so why don't you walk us through sort of the the basic plot, this idea that we're in this... uh, this universe called the regions, yeah. what those are about, and maybe kind of like the sto- basic storylines for each of these. Yeah, so I mean, the, the storylines are all like different from one another, but interconnected. So there are seven protagonists in the original iteration of this game. They were originally planned to be nine. The eighth protagonist had their story actually fairly well fleshed out and then they abandoned it before the game was actually released but you will be able to play it in the remaster that's coming out which we will get into later in the episode but basically it takes place in this science fiction sort of universe uh there are four main kind of like races of characters that you play as humans uh mystics who are basically energy vampires um uh mech who are, you know, they're like droids in Star Wars, and also monsters. Uh, and depending on which kind of characters you're using in your party, they kind of gain experience in different ways. Humans are really straightforward. You're basically just like fight. And unlike in, say, a Final Fantasy kind of RPG where characters gain levels and they gain like status boosts and new attacks based on their levels, in this in the saga series, in order to like learn new, you kind of, whenever you win a battle, a character gains just like a random amount of extra hit points, extra strength, extra dexterity, etc. And in order to learn new attacks, you basically just keep using the same attack over and over and over and over again. And then eventually they will glimmer a new technique, like a light bulb basically appears over their head. And then they're like, "Mm, I thought of something new that I'm going to do now. Uh, I wish that's how real life works. Agree. Me too. I wish I could just do the same thing over and over and over again. And then suddenly learn a new thing. Wait a minute. If I, if I put the, if I, I'm trying to think. Yeah. If I get if I turn the hot water on first, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Then I get in the shower. Yeah. That changes the game, my friends. I mean, that's it. That's it right there. Yeah, it's very aspirational. I sound so dumb. I'm I sound like one of those uh Reddit posts where somebody's like, <laughs> "My 27-year-old boyfriend doesn't understand how an electric toothbrush works and I had to show him is my boyfriend stupid?" I sound like that boyfriend now. Yep. Uh, yep. Steve, if you had a light bulb go over your head, like what's the th- what's a moment recently where you're like, "I wish I could have had the light bulb go over my head so I could have learned the new combo skill?" Um um I don't know. I'm, I made a puzzle. Because you're perfect. I, yeah, <laughs> I made a puzzle perfect. and it's missing two pieces. And I wish, like, I, I wish mm-hmm. I, I wish I knew a way to like just make a replacement puzzle piece because I Ooh. wanted to like, I wanted to like glue and frame the puzzle. And now I'm like, I guess I can do it missing two pieces, and that's just like part of it. But like, if I could get cardboard, no, then it's and- like some art thing. Then you're like making a statement yeah. about society. You don't want that. You want to yeah. show your framed puzzle. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's an old puzzle. It's from like the 70s. So it kind of works because also like some of the pieces are like frayed a little bit. It's a little messy. Um, wow. The so 70s it- were messy. Yeah. <laughs> it was a here, messy it's, time. It's right here. I just glued it. Um, but see, it's right there and right Oh, yeah. There. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> It's a poster of Michigan. That's amazing. <laughs> I just glued it today. So nice. I mean, I can't say that's the best light bulb idea, but um, yeah. I looked over and it was there. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, so they can create combo attacks for added damage. Mm. Uh, they get, you know, you get hit points, life points, strength, quickness. Uh, yeah. Typical RPG stuff just gained yeah. in a not like, one for one level up manner. It's kind of random. Instead of other games where you might be like, hi, you're starting off with these basic weapons mm. and these basic skills. And oh, you defeated. You have now gained new armor or yes. whatever. Instead, it's just they learn by doing. Yeah. And they can go take that to any other of the regions. In that so way, it's, it's really reminiscent just- of real life is you just learn by doing. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. So that's it. That's the thing that's kind of cool about this game is that, like, there's not really a world map. Um, A a lot of RPG games, role-playing games, uh, you kind of have, like, this big overhead world map where you walk between towns, and towns are represented by usually, like, little teeny miniature versions of towns, but then you, like, walk up to that, and then you'll be on the map for that town. So for this, it's, like, all the different regions have their own map, and you just basically, like, take a, a, a ship Maybe it's a spaceship. It's a little unclear in between them. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and then like even even across the seven different stories, like there are things that you can do in everybody's saga where it's like you can always do the various quests to gain the different type of types of magics, um, which you basically have to complete quests to learn unless it's a character that has like a magic set that's unique to them. Um, yeah, there's always like certain side quests and things that you can incorporate into any of the characters sagas, so to speak. And so that you can basically like use those as opportunities to grind experience points, to make money, et cetera, uh, before you kind of like go back to the main storyline, if you feel like you're kind of underpowered. Um, so with the regions, Mm. these are planets and each planet's got its own culture and its own, uh, type of tech and it's magic. Do you have a favorite region? Oh man. 
Oh, hmm. I feel like, uh, so there's like, a bunch of interesting ones. I like Fasnaturu, which is like the um the uh like castle of basically the mystics because I was really obsessed. So Acellus is one of the main characters who you play as and her storyline was so I, I played her storyline the most of anybody um partially because hers was a storyline that was not like fully done. Um, and they released it slightly incomplete uh, when the game was released, but with like hints of what it was supposed to be. So mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with like trying to uncover like all the mysteries of a game. So I played her um, storyline a lot. Also, I really was obsessed with this anime series called Revolutionary Girl Utena. And I felt like Acela's storyline felt very similar to that in some ways. Um, yeah, so like that's where sort of like the, the mystic... Uh, their their like headquarters is there's like this big castle and stuff yeah she escapes oh i'm gonna mess up the name orloge yeah orloge that's exactly right oh i got it oh this is the first Crushed i got the it. name right on the first time uh orloge somebody... if your first name was bobsled your name would be bobsled orloge <laughs> just so you know just so everybody knows. Slaga cool, Frontier. Cool, cool, cool. Anyway. <laughs> and, yeah, and Slaga Frontier. And Slaga Frontier. Um, yeah, so she escapes that castle with uh, Princess White Rose. And then yes. they're on the run. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you about Acellus Saga. And another thing that made it so scary, honestly, to play as a just like a, a gamer in general so the first saga that my brother and i beat was blues saga which is actually like a pretty decent one to start with because what you have to do in his story is like really helpful to do in literally everybody's story which is basically completing the various um like magic quests mm -hmm. But with Acellus's story, yeah, exactly. So it's like you go on the run. Number one, you immediately get thrown into an extremely difficult boss fight that with most other characters, you can do that boss fight, but like you have time to prepare. Whereas like Acellus's saga, they're just like, here you go. You got to fight this Kraken. And you're like, what? Um, uh, and basically, if you don't buy this one sword for Acellus, like while you're still in the Mystic region, you cannot win that boss fight. Uh, mm. Again, cannot emphasize how glad I am that we had this strategy guide because we would never, my brother and I like have gotten anywhere in this game without it. Um, but anyway, but then once you get out of Omi, this like sleepy town where you like meet the water mystic, who's basically a mermaid, um, you are then on the run and you just randomly will encounter boss fights. Like you don't know where they're gonna be. They just randomly pop up and you might just get totally hosed. Now here's the thing. I appreciate a good lesson in a game, yeah. but as a woman, I don't need the lesson of, hey, something scary is gonna jump out of nowhere and try to get you. That's <laughs> yep. not a thing I need to be taught. We yeah. all know this. Yeah, you're like, I, I know this already, thanks. Don't need a reminder. Yeah, that's terrifying. Uh, yeah, I know, ugh. but it was like so thrilling too. Um, so so specifically with uh, Acellus, but also with all the characters, mm -hmm. uh, 
something that I found interesting, at least with this game, is that the storyline of each character changes depending on who gets picked and then what they say in conversation and what's already happened mm-hmm. and uh, who who's they have in their party or what have you. Yeah, so, a lot of characters have multiple endings. Right, so she's got three different endings. She does. Where she gets to be a human or be a half-mystic or a complete mystic. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you play all three versions? I never did the human ending. Gross. Okay. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Been there, done that, moving on. Yeah, the first, I think the first couple times I played through it, I got the half mystic ending, which I still think is like her best ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've definitely gotten the full mystic ending before where basically like she just is like, becomes the new charm lord. Like she usurps or lose because she's a half mystic because basically the setup for the story is uh, Orluge is like, the master of all the mystics. He's like the the chief vampire king man. Uh, and he, Official title. Official title, chief vampire king man. Um, he accidentally uh, runs over a cellist with his carriage. Um, and so to save her life, he basically gives her a blood transfusion instead of like draining her energy and making her a mystic. He like actually like gives her some of his own blood. And so that makes her a half mystic. Um, and uh, and then she's kind of effectively his heir. Uh, so in her full mystic ending, she becomes the charm lord uh, and is a full mystic and is like worse than him. <laughs> I'm just mapping this on to real life. Like, let's say somebody hits you with your their car me, and you're yep. bleeding out and they're like, hold on, let me give you my blood. Oh, but wait, it's magic. And also, once you have it, I own you. Mm-hmm. That's a tr- I mean, that's yeah. a vampire trick. I feel like vampires <laughs> use that kind of trickery with blood a lot, too, where well, it's like, oh, you're almost going to die here. Have some yeah, of my blood. Oh, I yeah. mean, she did you say he's like the vampire king guy. guy. Yeah, he yeah. is like the vamp. Yeah. I mean, the mystics are basically vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. It's and got then purple hair. Sure does. But the thing is, so like Acellus was supposed to have had like brown hair when she was a person and then she like gets the mystic blood transfusion and suddenly she has green hair, which is something that Red, one of the other characters whose storyline is kind of like a Super Sentai storyline, like a common Rider, like masked hero story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he... A wildly different story. Wildly different story. And so Acellus actually, like, she looks like she's 18, but she's actually more like, probably like 25 or or so, like, by the time you're playing her storyline, because she's been asleep for a long, long time. But she pops up in Red storyline, like, on the ship towards the beginning of the game, and he runs into her and he's like, oh, Acellus, my babysitter. And then he's like, wait, what the fuck? I'm a grown-up and you still look like a teenager. So the storylines do like intertwine a little bit. I mean, I'm reading, in reading Red's story, Mm -hmm. the fact that he's a teenager whose family is just completely, completely trucked by a mafia group. Yep. Just Correct. upsetting, like right off the bat. Gets rescued by a superhero. Gets, yeah. Then he gets his own superhero identity. Yes, he becomes Al Kaiser. Does Seems like a, a little a like Robin. Thing. Red Robin. Oh, there you go. There you go. Bottomless uh, no, Red's storyline is great, though. And Red's is also one of the more linear ones where you feel like you have more direction and the game holds your hand a little bit more in terms of like, okay, 
go do this thing next. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's much more of a straightforward kind of revenge thing. It's, because it's way more straightforward, yeah. Literally, there's a part where apparently stands at his father's grave, and then his superhero uh, dude that saved him takes the powers away, and mm-hmm. he's like, okay, back to being a mean boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the sound of powers being taken away. Well, just you know, in case once you, what listen, he's he's Batman who got his revenge and then was like, cool, that's all I wanted to do. Man, how 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 much better would the Batman series be if Batman was like, I'm going to kill the guy who killed my dad mm-hmm. and then was like, all right, I'm done. I'm out. There you go. Like that is honestly what would happen in real life, because mm-hmm. this is I'm going off on a tangent here. Emma's heard me say this tangent before. Batman is a billionaire and I don't trust him because he has all this money and we're supposed to believe he's using it for good. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No billionaire would do that. They would just hire a guy to kill the other guy Mm -hmm. and be done with it and then be like, Mm -hmm. I won because I have all the money. And this idea that he's like this mass vigilante running around doing all this stuff. I understand that its origins are much campier than I think kind of the, the gritty newer Batman mm-hmm. that's come out in uh, recent times. That said, there's something that bumps with me about Batman being a billionaire. Steve's looking at me like, I don't know what to make of this. No, I I get it. I'm just thinking like if he if he was Batman, so you're saying he never became Batman, he just killed the guy who killed his parents on his own? Yeah, I think I think if that was the case, he would just be like, well, I want to do it with my bare hands. He would kill him. And then he'd be like, yeah, I don't give a, I don't care about this stupid town. Gotham yeah. can rot. Yeah, but I think because Bruce Wayne is known as like, like he's, I, I think he is into philanthropy and stuff like that. And he likes being like the town hero in that way so i think there's something psychologically in him that like Mm, makes him want to like oh all of the residents by day think the world of bruce wayne but maybe i can be a hero who they think of the world it's all his ego he's feeding his ego that's what i'm saying he doesn't really care about Mm -hmm. any of it it's just like legit yeah yeah and that's what i think also bumps for me is I'm like, this is just a billionaire with a big ego running around with fun toys on his belt. But the mm-hmm. most fun villains. This is true. That's I why Batman villains, still does yeah. it. The villains are just too, you know, are, are so colorful and fun. Mm-hmm. Said it before, I say it again. Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman, best villain ever oh on screen. Oh my God, amazing. Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, Batman Returns, best Batman movie, number Thank one. Thank you. Absolutely. No, also, number two, it shouldn't even be called Batman Returns. It should be called Catwoman Arrives. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> honestly, she's in more yes. of the movie than he is. <laughs> it's oh, you just made my heart sing. So um, good. Uh, so uh, switching gears for a second, let's talk about some of these other characters. So we've yeah. got Blue Amelia Loot, Ariki, and then the ancient mech T two. Yes, T two six OG. Um, why don't we get a rundown on some of these guys and what their deal is? Okay, so Loot is just like. A vagabond ne'er do well son, uh, <laughs> who honestly, like he, he, his story is basically non-existent. It's basically like intro boss fight, like final boss fight. You just kind of pick whatever you want to do in between. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it basically says like his mom kicks him out of the house. Is like, go get a job. Yep, that's about it. And um. Then- <laughs> 
that's his story. There you go. You think uh, that was one of those like 3 a.m. pitches where they're like, yeah, and they're like, I don't know. His mom is like, go get a job. Like, fine, sure, whatever. This game yeah. is due in three months. We need to figure this out. What's yeah. that he's got there? Is that like a zither? Some sort As of little, I'm watching, I'm looking at this picture of him and he's got a little like a. Uh, Oh, it looks like a, his a little, little guitar kind of thing and um and a monkey on it. I wasn't oh, sure yeah, was yeah, he does. He has like a little monkey on him. It's all the artwork, like the official character artwork for this is actually like really, really lovely. Um, but it's not really necessarily reflective of things that actually exist in the game. Oh, because see, I'm looking at this picture. I'm like, cool. He hits people with his guitar and the no. monkey follows him around and throws that bow. No, he actually loot um is uh is an he's okay with swords and also fists, if I recall correctly. Um again, that that particular quest, not super memorable. Um both T2G and Riki have Pretty interesting storylines, honestly. Um, except the thing is, is I found mechs and monsters very challenging to use. That's one of the things that I'm looking forward to with the remaster is trying to figure out how to actually use those particular races because, like, I had a difficult time with them. So um, Riki is like this fox kind yeah. of looking guy. Mm -hmm. um, and he's trying to, he's got like a, a Frodo thing going on where he's. Yeah, like, it he's is. It's totally Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like literally seeking rings mm -hmm. uh, to save his, his old home. Yes, um, exactly. So which, I have a, this is a very strange parallel, but okay. um, they remind me of the two worst. Cause this whole time I've been like, this kind of reminds me of Sonic Adventure, um, mm, where like mm, there's yes, like a handful oh God, of characters Sonic and Sonic wants to get all the yes. rings and Tails wants to do all this, but they all like kind of, you can do it in whatever order and they, they, yeah. like, they meet up and, yep. and, and Riki is very much like the cat who has to fish that you never really want to do. Yeah. And then T26OG is kind of like there was a, a robot character too that was never any. A hundred percent. Yeah. Sonic I, Adventures I actually. That's not a stretch. That's a good parallel, actually. Oh, good. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, again, like, so like T26OG's storyline is like, basically he's this ancient mech and these like kids find him uh, and they like bring him and then like this anthropomorphic octopus um, <laughs> like gets him back online. <laughs> As one does. As one does. I mean, if they're going to get me back online, I don't care how many tentacles they have. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you definitely like can get a lot of cool mechs in T26OG's like story. But again, like I just wasn't that into the mech characters. I was much more into uh, like the humans and the mystics. Again, like loot storyline is whatever. The first storyline I played was blues and like blue, first of all, like the game just ends like his, his ending literally like ends in the middle of his boss fight and it's just like gray screen the end and you're like what was all that for why did i just go on this journey again another life lesson that while valuable i didn't need to know or know. learn from this game it's already been shoved down my throat yep is that it's all meaningless. Um, yeah, nothing matters. <laughs> yep, nothing yep. matters. Uh, so yeah, so blue is a 
mage mm-hmm. who has just come out of magic school and yep. he's trying to get as much magic as possible in him. And mm-hmm. it, it, it all results in he descends into hell to yep. fight demons and then yep. just cut to black after having a fight with his twin brother. Mm. So his twin brother Rouge, um, uh, so in Blue's storyline again, like, so there are in, in this world, there are conflicting types of magic. So okay. if you get light magic, you can't get shadow magic. If you cane magic, you can't get rune magic. So in Blue's storyline, you basically have to make the choice of which type of magic you want to acquire. And then Rouge is going to get the opposite. And then you're going to have to fight him. But mm. the thing that's really crazy about Blue's storyline is in the fight with Rouge, you don't have to win. Like, because Rouge can win, and then you just play the rest of the game as Rouge. No big deal. <laughs> oh, boy. That's a that's a mind trip for sure. Yep. Like, I just, yep. I, f- I found an article called That Time a JRPG Ended in the Middle of a Final Boss Battle. Yep, that's correct. <laughs> that is Blue's, that is Blue Saga. That's kind um, of a fun, like... It's wild. We, we we talk on the show a lot about how we like big choices, and that's what mm-hmm. I like about Saga Frontier is they're <laughs> clearly not afraid of of making some choices that might be different from your normal uh, 100%. video game experience. Oh yeah, they they definitely like make some choices. Like I said, like you can have an ending for us, and I mean, obviously, like this is something that we encounter more now in video games. But remember, this is ninety seven in Japan, ninety eight in the US. The ending where you become the evil overlord, not so common back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even less common, I think, is Amelia's storyline where oh. she was a model, My God! <laughs> was a model, then becomes a, a ex-cod slash secret agent. Yeah, secret agent. To then, like, her story starts when her beau is murdered by a villain known as the Joker. The Joker. <laughs> Yep. Which you would think because Batman Returns had already come out mm-hmm. and like Bat- Batman, the first Batman and then Batman, Returns, like yeah. we already had the Joker. Like you yeah. think that they can't would come up with another villain. If anything, I know, but he looks like a, a card Joker, like a Joker's wild kind of card. Okay. Actually, okay. he looks way more like a Joker than the Joker. Which uh, the irony. Um, yeah. Her story to me is the most wild because it's She's so wrongfully good, accused of killing him. Like, there's there's more depth going on on that one. Yeah, no, Amelia's story is amazing. Uh, yeah, I would say that the 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 three that I liked the most when I played this game as a a child were Amelia, Acellus, and Red. Uh, and Red, I felt like I got all the satisfaction I needed out of playing through it once, but Amelia and Acellus have different, have multiple endings. So I was like, I got to play these ones again. So yeah, Amelia's story starts with her husband, well, fiance, uh, being murdered. And then she gets framed for his murder and you literally start her saga breaking out of jail. It's awesome. Um, (laughs) Yes, she begins in despair. Yeah, despair. That's the name of the like 
Alcatraz planet. Uh, the prison's <laughs> called just, I just thought that was it, the description of her was just like, <laughs> no, her no, story no. begins and she's sad. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like it's a place called despair. Oh, God. You know that that's what's going to happen if they continue to privatize correctional facilities. Mm-hmm. They're going to name them the same way they name a uh, suburban mm-hmm. housing development. So instead of I live at Whispering Pine, it's, you know, oh, uh, he's incarcerated at despair. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. It's disgusting, but not in this game. In this game, what's cool is that she meets two other girls who then she does help her mm-hmm. uh, by uh, completing a competition to get a full pardon for their crimes. That's correct. Yes. And then after they escape, she gets recruited to join this secret mm-hmm. org who's also hunting for the Joker. So, like, how does this storyline end then? Oh, well, there's multiple endings. Spoiler alert. If you're like planning on playing this game or yeah, later it this getting, year, it is getting ahead a remaster a that comes out this year, um, which is actually going to be the complete game that was supposed to be. So I'm very excited. Um, but yeah, so basically uh, with Amelia, it's really interesting because I remember feeling like you actually had to make uh, some choices that felt like they were the choices to get the bad ending to get the good ending so there's one ending where you like kill joker and then like there's a weird photo montage and you're like what the heck just happened this woman have a mental breakdown like it literally is like what happened (laughs) but in another storyline um you just like don't kill joker because amelia realizes that Joker is actually just Ren, her fiance. Um, I don't know how that works. Uh, Cause she like saw him dead, but I guess he wasn't really dead and he was Joker all along, but he was like possessed by an evil mask. Like I'm not making this up. Um, Sounds like so, a real saga. Uh-huh. A real saga. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, then Amelia basically like, shoots the mask, like kills the mask and then Ren is set free and they get married and live happily ever after. That's wild. (laughs) But I love it. Yeah. But it's neat though, because like in a, because like Amelia's story is kind of dope from the perspective of like, you can kind of get all the badass ladies in the game because she's the only other character who can recruit Acellus and White Rose. Like you get Acellus and White Rose temporarily to help you in Red Saga, but then Red is like, I'm too skeezed out by the fact that like you have not aged, so peace out. But like, there's this whole thing where uh, Amelia infiltrates like a harem uh, and Acellus and White Rose were like doing the same thing. And so they're all like, I guess we're just going to be bros now. It's kind of dope. But yeah, uh, Annie and Liza are the two girls who you meet in despair in Amelia's story. And like, they are awesome to recruit in literally anyone's storyline. Liza especially is like the best martial artist in the game. Yeah, so they kind of serve as these sort of sub-characters because there's mm-hmm, a ton mm-hmm. of sub-characters. Besides Annie and Liza, you've got, mm-hmm. and Rusha we've talked about, mm-hmm. there's a Fuse. Who oh, Fuse! Fuse is a whole thing for the remaster. A whole thing. Fuse is getting his own saga. Yeah, so Fuse is part of ERPO, which is like the inter-regional police organization. Fuse is a, yeah, he's a cop. Um, There's a couple other cops as well. Doll, um, Silence, and uh, a monster that I think is just called Rabbit. (laughs) Or something like that. No, Cotton. 
Cotton, that's what it is. Rabbit's a mech. Okay. I was going to say, again, a 3 a.m. decision where they're like, I don't, I don't know. Frog, cow, mm-hmm. bear, rabbit, fine, rabbit, pick a rabbit. We have two yeah. months to finish this game. Yeah, but rabbit is also part of Urpo, so I didn't make that up. But yeah, there's Cotton- also a... Me- there's also a, a mech monster. named Leonard, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he can only be recruited by T26OG. Again, like there's a bunch of mechs in T26OG's storyline that you're like, where did you come from? <laughs> um, there's a monster. Acellus has like a couple extra mystics that she can recruit. Oh, okay. So yeah, uh, Princess White Rose is one of those. Of yes. Course. There's also White Time Rose. Lord. Yeah, Time Lord is a mystic. Wait, and isn't do- that, isn't time, no, that's Star-Lord. Never mind, keep going. Or, I mean, Doctor Who is a Time Lord. There it is. <laughs> so- I, I knew that, I knew that word existed somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and we got Dr. Mm-hmm. Nu- Nusikan and Yeah, Princess he's Ray. a mystic. He's creepy, but he's great. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of Red Turnip, the monster. Oh, yeah, the Red Turnip. Yeah. Ja- tra- trapped in a labyrinth. The- and yeah. he started, uh, then he meets Acellus and then is like, mm-hmm. yep, I'm going to join you now. The mm-hmm. end. Yep. I yeah. forgot to put Saga Frontier after my Google image search. So it just came up with a <laughs> bunch of red turnips. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Uh, it didn't even dawn on me like, oh, that's mm-hmm. right. Um, uh, in playing this game, obviously you're playing a ton of boss battles. Do you have a favorite boss mm-hmm. battle or favorite boss that you liked fighting? Yo, that Orluge fight is, like, crazy because you fight him, but then he also has, he, like, summons three mistresses throughout the fight that give different, like, buffs and debuffs and have different attacks that hit your whole party, so it's crazy. Okay. That's just the one I remember the most. Sure. Again, like, blues, you're literally, like, fighting a demon in hell. (laughs) It's like a dragon. It's like a dragon demon, and then then it's just, like, the end. (laughs) Yes. I remember uh, the um like fighting the like Lord of the Rings, <laughs> so to speak, and the end of Riki Saga was like wild. Um I'd, I'd oh, love God. if a game ended in the middle of the boss battle and I'd be like, cool. I won. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> I was confused. I thought I did something wrong. I was like, we just got like a gray screen that was like the end, and I went. Yeah, did it did it skip? Did the CD oh, because if it was on CD, it was yeah, on a disc, yeah. yeah. You'd be like, what happened? It froze. Like yeah. when you're like when you shake your disc man too much, uh, mm-hmm. and you don't get the whole ace of bass song. Well, it was when it was released, it did do pretty well. I think it sold something like a million copies. Uh it mm-hmm. certainly did well in Japan. And mm-hmm. uh since it's part of the larger saga series, like, right. like originally this was romancing saga four. Yeah, um, but then there was like a, a hardware change, so then they had to change the title. Uh, yeah. So it did pretty well, but I do get at this point, I think it's kind of similar to films where if a film isn't a beloved Insta classic or a mega, mega, mega hit, it's mm-hmm. at this point unlikely to come out on 4K or you're going to have to like, you know, bootleg create. Totally. It no, like I mean, that's the thing is like this game comes up for me anytime there was a tweet that somebody had posted and it was, you know, how everybody does the like quote tweet and everybody just adds to this never ending thread of like post a a game that you're swear you're the only person who's ever played it. Uh, And this is always the game that like I think of because my brother and I put so, so many hours into this game 
And literally the only other people I ever knew to have played it were my neighbors. Mm-hmm. And they got it because we got it. You know what I yeah. mean? So, yeah. yeah. It's I, had a, I had a game like that for Sega Saturn. It Ooh, was called. You had a Sega Saturn? We had a Sega Saturn instead of the PlayStation. <laughs> Okay, okay. And then we had a Dreamcast. Like we kept we we were Genesis yeah, over Super Nintendo and mm-hmm. then we just stayed Sega. Um wow. but uh it was called Herc's Adventures and it was just like Hercules. It was like this funny like cartoony kind of like oh. you could play as Hercules or these two other characters and it was just like that fun, fun Greek actually. mythology yeah. kind of stuff like um like Hera is missing her cow and then it turns out she ate it. So just fun mm-hmm. stuff like that. That does sound really fun. Yeah. So I, I, I know like what that. it's like to have those games where it's like, this was a very important part of. Yeah. This was a very up. important game. And, to me. and nobody understands. Well, and also, also I, I feel like this was a game where again, where I got really fascinated and I kept coming back to it because of the fact that like it was released and it wasn't totally complete So I was really obsessed because like once we got to the era of people having high speed internet, I would spend a lot of time on like game FAQs boards. And there was so much that I felt like I was learning from stuff that other people had discovered. So I wanted to go into the game and find like the remnants of these things myself. Um, Once you finish all of the sagas, you can kind of, you can go to what's called the debug room um, where you can like see the sprites of like Acellus and White Rose from the way they were originally supposed to escape Fasinaturu by going through like the fires and ending up in Mosperaberg and like their clothes burned off. Um, but yeah, so it's just like, I was so obsessed with trying to find all of the little bits and pieces of this. And then there was also a lot of this information comes from this like art book guidebook that's only in Japanese called the essence of saga frontier. Uh, And I think there's actually still, there's like still a project out there to like translate it, but it had all of this additional like pencil sketch work and more backstory information. And it was just, I I was so fascinated with like wanting to find out everything about the game that wasn't in the game or like only was a little bit in the game. And that's something that you can't really replicate now. No, like, you really uh, can't. Because everything will just be on the right. internet. Like there's no sleuthing. There's no like diving into the game and looking for your own mm-hmm. thing because like you can just Google what are the... Um, yeah, uh, for me, similar situation with the movie Empire Records. Mm-hmm. Um, there are actually two maybe three characters that were completely um removed one was one was a character named lily the actress got sick very early on she was like one of the main characters and they just put out her character out yeah um and toby mcguire had a role in it also and originally it took place over two days and when they condensed it to taking place over one day they lost a bunch of stuff but again you you know you watch the movie and and you hit pause and you're just like eagle-eyed the whole time this is a scene where they were supposed to be yeah Yeah, exactly and that yeah and that's kind of the thing was like you know and especially with a cell is too because so much of the like decision making process because again they didn't release it with like her so originally it was like supposed to be she visited lots of different mystics and humans and kind of figured out that humans really could be just terrible as her impression of the mystics. And so like you as the player by the end of her saga, were supposed to feel like you really were 
making a decision, but instead it's like random game mechanics that determine what which ending you get and like if you have additional boss fights, etc. So it's definitely I definitely like played it so many times to try to trigger all the different things. And again, so like, when I, you yeah. So when you finish it and you get your ending, mm -hmm. you don't know, like in 1997, you mm -hmm. don't know how many endings this character has or how to trigger them. You kind sure. of uh, keep Yeah, I mean, I did because we had the strategy right. guide, but like I wouldn't have known otherwise, you know? Um, I have a question because I yeah. saw that... Um, uh, so I was reading that a lot of people kind of had a negative opinion on the game's free scenario system, <laughs> which I assume just means, is that just mean like open world? Like yes. go, because like one of my favorite games of all time is Breath of the Wild. And I mm -hmm. feel like open, was it just because this was something that was newer back then that it was just like, here's a whole world, yeah. have at it. Or was it, was it just like totally, not as intuitive? Like, no, I feel no. Well, I mean, it's, it's two. I mean, number one is like, it's not super intuitive. Um, again, to anybody, I would like recommend, even though the ending of Blue Saga is so weird. Um, <laughs> and that is not a mistake. Like that is how it was intended to be. That wasn't a, oh, we just didn't have time to finish it. They're like, nope, we're, we're swinging for the fences and we're just going to end this game in hell um, and just have a the end and that's it. Uh, but Blue Saga is actually a really good saga for like learning the game because mm. it forces you to do what are really good side quests for everybody else. Um, so yeah, like Blue a tutorial Saga almost. Yeah, it's almost a tutorial. And Red Saga is also really good to start with because it's kind of the most linear of any of them. Um, so that you get a sense of like, okay, here's the one. I know that if I go to this place, like I'm not really strong enough to take it on at this point or like at this or, okay, I'm going to go do these set of quests now because I am strong enough to take those on. So I, I think really what it boils down to is, yeah, it was very open world. You did not have a lot of direction. And unlike something with say like the Witcher three, for example, which is very like open world exploration kind of friendly, you the region you start in, you're not going to be underpowered for. And then mm. you like move on to another region and it kind of gives you a hint of like, we recommend you're this level to take on this quest. And Saga Frontier does not have that. So it was very easy to just like accidentally go somewhere where you get destroyed because you're not strong enough. Yeah. Right. And in Romancing Saga 3, the storyline could be told differently from, by up to eight characters. And mm -hmm. then that's when this sort of system of, hey, listen, you're at this level. This enemy is going to get stronger as you get stronger, mm -hmm. which exactly ends right. up kind of becoming the, you know, later yeah. Final Fantasies and um, yeah. Fallout and uh, Elder Scrolls kind totally. of method of like the the farther you get into it the stronger they are so that you mm. don't end up in a situation where you're, you're like, Oh, I chose this random character. Oh, mm. their mom is mad at them versus I chose this random character. Ah, boss fight immediately. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. But this that's whole be game. Like, yeah. I mean, like I remember, um, or you're saying like things kind of, you know, like a, a boss fight just happening. Like, I feel like that 
maybe now I just read too much about games I'm playing or like mm-hmm. get into the walkthrough a little too early. Cause like you're talking about resident evil earlier, like the first time those dogs jump through the wall Not in us. resident evil, the beginning oh, yeah. of the first one, like stuff so like scary. that is it just, it stays with me. It does. Yeah. This yeah. whole game, it reminds me of class as in <laughs> It's just like the storylines kind of mesh up, but kind of don't. But kind of sort. They're all sort of related to a similar yeah. uh, parallel universe thing between mm-hmm. these uh, different uh, the regions or these different solar systems mm-hmm. in space. That and each one makes an insane choice. Basically, yeah, yeah, and and I got a lot. I love an insane choice. I mean, I mean, this, that, is, this mm-hmm. is the new, this is a Wachowski sibling film. This is a film. A hundred percent. I think that a, that miniseries. I think that that was like some of the appeal for me to, it was funny. Cause I remember I t- my, my brother and I tried to play final fantasy tactics around the same time, which like final fantasy tactics was a little bit too much of a pivot for me because it's a tactical RPG, not sort of your, your straight, like turn-based combat, you facing a line of enemies, JRPG, which Saga Frontier is, um, you know, in, in Final Fantasy Tactics, which is now one of my favorite games. But when I tried to play it, when I was like 12, it was a little advanced for me because you are like moving pieces around a chessboard and there's permadeath and all kinds of craziness. Um, but even though Saga Frontier was definitely challenging, it was a challenge I felt like I could navigate. Um, And I just, it was one of those things where the payoff of putting in the work to do all the magic side quests or, you know, any of the the various kind of things that you can take on, which are storyline quests in some sagas, uh, it was super duper rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's something incredibly rewarding about uh, when you are left to explore to your own devices, mm-hmm. particularly in any kind of gameplay. And uh, that for some people, I think some people want linear storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think they want that in all of their media. Yeah. Uh, I think there are other people that issue it all the time. I think the rest of us are like, if we know what we're getting into, we're able to go, oh, okay, it's going to be this kind of story. Got it. Yep. I think it's when you don't know generally yes which you probably weren't aware of when you're a kid so without that guidebook you just would have been like what totally but having the guidebook like once i got in the groove of it and realized that i was kind of left to my own devices it was super exciting to be like oh well i want to get this kind of and also you could be strategic when you were like getting the different types of magic so you could be like all right I have these two humans in my party right now and I want them to learn light magic. So you would go to Luminous with them in your party. Then you could recruit more humans after you'd been on that quest. And you could then go to Omble, the shadow region. You couldn't complete the quest. So anything you get inside of Omble, you couldn't get. But you could send your human characters who had not acquired the gift of light magic to get the gift of shadow magic. So it was kind of cool. Uh, do you think that because like the game wasn't super popular in North America, but it was popular mm-hmm. in Japan. Do you think that's just because North American audiences were like, what? What? I don't. Yeah, I, don't I know think that North is. American audiences weren't like ready for it. 
Because it's so experimental for its time. Oh, yeah. I think it would do much better with a modern audience. It'll be interesting to see because it's getting a remaster, not a remake. Right. So it's still going to be the same, you know, basic structure, graphics, et cetera, from the game that was released in 97. You know, it'll be upscaled a little bit just at a higher resolution, but it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like Final Fantasy VII that got a ground up remake. This right. is just a remaster. The game is actually going to be finished. You'll be able to play as Fuse's Saga. You'll be able to play as Ellis's Saga as it was intended to be. Um I'm hoping there's a little more direction in Loot Saga because Lord knows that boy. I, I mean, the picture of him is just with a with a uh, a chintzy. I mean, it is a loot, but it's like a yeah. chintzy looking guitar thing. I don't know. I think yeah. that that guy is just uh, <laughs> that that guy needed to be kicked out of the house by his mom. Because yeah, he did. He definitely did. Um, he, he's, uh, he lacks direction. But uh, so, yeah. And on top of that, like. I don't think there will be voice acting because there wasn't voice acting in it in Mm. 97. And nowadays, you know, we're used to games like this having at least a good amount of voiceover, at least like major event voiceover and in-game effort, like in-battle efforts voiceover. But I don't think it's going to have it. So like it's definitely not necessarily going to be super accessible to a modern audience, even though I think there's a lot of appeal for a modern audience who now is used to the idea of an open world game where yeah. like sometimes you're going to accidentally stumble into a fight that you are not ready for. Yeah, it does make me wonder like with VO, if they were adding VO to the game, let's say that they had that kind of mm-hmm. budget, would they be adding straight VO with actual dialogue or would they be kind of doing what I call Nintendo VO nowadays or mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch VO, I should say, because the other games, they'll actually yes. say full sentences, but this thing now where they go. <laughs> I was thinking it would be something more like, uh, so in the first like Fire Emblem game that was released for the Nintendo DS, again, like there would be full voiceover for like major events in the game, mm-hmm. but by and large, it would be like if your characters were having a support conversation um, because Fire Emblem is sexy anime chess. It's part strategy RPG, part that's dating best, sim. That's the best description. That's what it is. <laughs> Have that's you seen, I'm sure you've seen it, but somebody took one of the Fire Emblem games and replaced all the characters with Gilmore Girls characters. Yes, <laughs> it's so amazing. <laughs> I feel like that is just like the Emma Fife sweet spot. of. It's of so like- good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no. So yeah. But like in Fire Emblem Awakening, most of the time it would just be characters being like, hey, and you don't say. And then there would be like a dialogue box that had the actual text of the conversation in it. Right. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, I have, I play Marvel Ultimate Alliance with my nephew mm. who loves mm. all, all the superheroes. And it's so funny because like um, the character you're talking to mm-hmm. will say everything. But mm. your character, who's mm-hmm. also having half the conversation because you could be playing as any of these heroes, it right. does, there's no voiceover. You just, so you have to read your lines, but then you can hear the other person's lines. And, Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Silent protagonist. It's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking Tales of, uh, 
<laughs> speaking of just people being able to understand it more now, mm. I read a book, um, Everything Bad is Good for You. I, I had to read it for college like years oh. ago. But basically the idea of it is all these things that kind of we're told through pop culture are bad and you, and you shouldn't like it. Reality shows, video mm. games, etc. cetera. Mm. Like the, the point they're making in the book is like, but they've these things have become so advanced in their own way that like, they're not making you dumber. They're making you smarter. If you think of a show like even as simple as The Bachelor, mm -hmm. people come back. There's Bachelor, like there's Bachelor Nation and all this mm -hmm. stuff. And so like you have to, the real housewives, you have to remember all of the characters and all of their relationships in a way that like in 50s game shows, you, you didn't have to do that. And that's the same with video games. This is coming yeah. very shortly after it was just, jump on everybody until you get to Bowser and knock him in the lava. So like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, we, we weren't ready for walk around and uh, figure and it out. Figure <laughs> it out and figure it out. Here is a whole bunch of planets for you to explore. Have at it. See what happens. You might die. Knock yourself <laughs> out. You'll die a lot. Nothing yep. matters. Do you know about this uh, ninth uh, character? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to fill in the Okay. Audience? So basically there was like going to be this storyline. And I think that there, like there's still some like remnants of this character. Because you can like go in this mansion where you see all of these like portraits of this rich family. And so like basically there was supposed to be another character who was like the daughter, I think, of this family. And they were going to, uh, it was just, a. it was basically just like family, not like the TV show Family Feud, but it was about like an inheritance tale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It Did was... this end up being like the Tobey Maguire of Saga Frontier? <laughs> <laughs> just totally axed. Totally axed. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a family who uh, they were trying to figure out who's going to inherit property. Yeah, this is like a Jane Austen tale. Like, yeah, and then they, they dropped it because they're like, this is too funny. <laughs> this too is funny? <laughs> Yes, that was the reasoning. And I'm like, how is this funny? They thought people it... were going to laugh too much. <laughs> At this comical farce about rich people owning things. Well, I mean, when you when one of your storylines is literally a person like coming to terms with their own existence and the how horrible humanity is, then I guess you could see how that would be too comedic. <laughs> yeah, but the other guy hits people over the head with his little string thing. But he doesn't. He fights with a sword, Nadia. He okay, just carries his, his little string thing. Fair. I'm just <laughs> saying. I do get what you're saying. In a game yeah. where they're like, hey out of the shadows and try to grab you there's mm -hmm. something a little uh off tonally about like mm -hmm. you know it is a little note it is a, it's a universal fact that all uh that's how it would sound because exactly because right 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 that uh, also yeah. i'm having trouble remembering the full quote it is a universally well, known the fact of a, of a good friend must be in one of, of a wife yes, yeah thank something you like that. Thank you. I was like, this is going to drive me nuts and I don't want to Google it because no, uh, <laughs> not worth it. Y'all know what we're talking about. Yeah. Google is it there... yourself. <laughs> so the, there's like a mobile remaster and I'm sure they're going to put it in the PlayStation store, mm -hmm. uh, supposedly summer 2021, mm -hmm. something to look forward to. Is there a game in the meantime that is pretty easily accessible that you, or games mm. that you feel like best emulate this game? that you feel yes. like are, are the best examples of either the saga series or yeah. 
So the only Saga games that I've played are Saga Frontier and Saga Frontier 2, um, mm -hmm. which is also quite good. Uh, I would love for Saga Frontier 2 to get a nice re-release, remaster, whatever as well. But I would say that if you're interested in a game where you play a bunch of different storylines with sort of intertwining quests, these are more directly intertwining than Saga, where literally you, you're playing all of these stories completely independently of one another. And then just like you see the characters and how their paths kind of cross as you play the different stories. But there is a game that you can get on Switch right now, uh, also from Square Enix, uh, called Octopath Traveler, which is like a good, it's a good play in the meantime game, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's a popular one. I see that a lot on um, like my friends list of like what other people have played a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So Octopath Traveler is pretty fun, I would say. Um, do you feel like uh, in the the Saga series, mm -hmm. uh, the, the franchise or Final Fantasy? I'm sure. I mean, people know Final Fantasy. Yeah. Much more. Do you feel like the Saga franchise kind of ends up becoming the redheaded stepchild compared it's to Final to Fantasy. It's totally, yeah, it's totally a redheaded stepchild compared to Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy is a lot more accessible. So I actually just downloaded um, one of the newer Saga games. It's called like Saga um, Scarlet Grace, mm -hmm. um, which I have on my Switch and I've been playing a little bit. It's actually a port of a PS Vita game. Um, and, you know, like Saga Frontier, it's, it's difficult. Um, it's the same like leveling up by just like glimmering new abilities and the battle system in Scarlet Grace has like you basically want to try to stack it so that your characters attack back to back. Like it shows you the like order of who's going to attack and like there's a you have to think really hard to make this work. If you just mash buttons, you will die. Um, I have died a lot playing uh, playing Scarlet Grace, and I'm trying. Like, I have, uh, I actually am like legitimately giving it a go. Um, but it's fun. Like, I'm I'm having a pretty good time with it. I, I don't find the story thus far to be as compelling as Saga Frontier. Like, I think that that is where this particular game really shines. Is that it's just so weird. <laughs> It's Cloud Atlas. It's so weird. Like Scarlet Grace to me, it, it's much more of a traditional fantasy setting. Um, but like Saga Frontier, they just were like, we're doing this like very weird, also very Japanese, like heady hu existential humanity sci-fi thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm with it. You know what I mean? Like it's so weird, and that's why I love it. Um, what do you think of music? Because the music is uh by uh uh oh shoot, I have his name written down. Um, he also did a ton of the Final mm -hmm. Fantasy music, uh, which I know is super super popular. Yes, uh, Kenji Ito was thank the composer you. on this one. Yes, yeah. Kenji Ito. So, so do you have you heard the soundtrack like on its own? Do you remember the music as being something that? What uh, stood out, or do you feel like, eh, the Final Fantasy music's better? I mean, you know, Nobuo Ematsu, who's the main uh, um, composer on the uh, Final Fantasy series, is like the John Williams of yeah. game music in, in Japan, if not literally in the whole world. Um, 
But I remember the music kind of slapping in okay. again, like it's a it's a weird game. The regions are all super different from one another. Like they did they did Kanto Bite before Star Wars did. Like yeah. there's a region called Baccarat, which is literally like the Vegas region. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, uh, the, the music in this game, I remember it being pretty dope. Do you think it's, Ryan Johnson played this game and was like, I have an idea. I, I would not be surprised if Ryan Johnson played this game. This seems like exactly the kind of game that Ryan Johnson would like. Famitsu Magazine, which is a Japanese video game magazine, yes. uh, called it the, I think it was voted 18th best PlayStation game. Like if you had to wow. rank, if you had to rank Saga Frontier among other games sort of of its caliber of its time, either other RPG yeah. games or other games of the 90s yeah. or something, you know, not comparing it to every game ever. Like, sure, where sure, do, sure. Of where do you think it, Yeah, where do you think it falls in on your list? Uh, on, okay, I, I think that Famitsu got it pretty much right. Like, as far okay. as, like, in terms of the overall scope of games of that era, for me, like, PS1 games, it's in my top 10 for sure. Right. I just spent so much time playing it because I just felt like there was so much to discover. It, it was really my first experience with, a kind of open world game where I got to make choices about what I wanted to do or not do. And it was one of the first games where I felt the, the sort of, the sort of draw of the completionist who I would end up becoming. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've gotten away from that now, like especially streaming games. I feel like I've gotten so much better at just like enjoying the ride but when i play games on my own uh i can i can be a real completionist about it and it's not necessarily the most fun thing in the world um but yeah i mean my brother it was so funny when um i think it was when my parents were moving or something like that my brother like went to their house in connecticut before my parents moved to arizona to go through some stuff he couldn't quite bring himself to part with our PlayStation One memory cards. <laughs> oh wow! So I have a brother with a garage full of all sorts of mm -hmm, that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like games, no problem, because most of those you can get on the PlayStation Store now, and you're more likely to just—they don't take up a lot of space on your PlayStation's hard drive, and you're more likely to play them if you don't have to swap a disc out. Uh, and also, like, the PS5 is only backwards compatible to, like, the PS4, I'm pretty sure. Um, it's not fully backwards yeah, compatible. Yeah. Uh, but, like, he couldn't quite bring himself to part with the memory cards because he's like, we put so much work into these. And we had a whole memory card. It's just Saga Frontier. And there is a little white, like, stick-on label on it with my handwriting that says Saga Frontier on it. That's a keepsake. Aww. You know, like keepsake. you need to attach a, a necklace to it and like wear it as a charm. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, if okay, yeah. in 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 final thoughts, I suppose mm -hmm. if there was any, let's say somebody was like, oh, I I don't really like RPGs, but you know they know that this mm -hmm. game is coming out, and let's mm -hmm. just. Oh, I don't know. Based on the news and the way the world is, mm -hmm. let's just assume this summer we may be kind of in and out, but we might have a moment where it's like this week it's okay to go outside, but next week you need to stay in. And this game comes out like, if there's one thing you're going to tell people 
to convince them like mm-hmm. you gotta play this especially this remastered version that's more easy to get what would yes. that what would i say yes okay if you want to play a game that took some big risks uh and just like fully embraces how weird it is and does something ambitious with the JRPG genre that I don't think the JRPG genre was definitely was necessarily super ready for at the time, at least in the US where JRPGs had only just gotten popular because of the success of Final Fantasy seven. Um, you probably overlooked this one. I'd say give it a go. Like if you like JRPGs at all, this is a really, really fun one. And that's the true, true. Yeah. Cloud Atlas. Yeah, Slaga Frontier. <laughs> so quickly going into Slaga Frontier after your Cloud Atlas uh. Well, guys, I just realized what kind of instrument loot is holding in this photo. Just a, now? A loot. Yeah, it is. It's very li- very literal. <laughs> uh, Steve, okay, wait, real quick though. Steve. Yeah. In a sh- okay, so we've gone out through the characters and storylines of Saga Frontier. And now Emma and I are going to figure out the characters and storylines that belong in Schlaga Frontier. Frontier. Oh my God, oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, well, Obviously, Fruit be- Snack is a Fruit character. Snack, yeah. Yeah, Fruit Snack is a monster. As- I can't wait to see the like cat girl version of Fruit Snack that she turns into to like be able to communicate with humans in society. Oh, yeah. yeah. She is like... I don't want to say sexy because she will still be an animal, but like, yeah. you know how sometimes you see an mm-hmm. animal and you're like, yeah, but there's some sex on that. Yeah, so she'll be sure. like yeah. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> there'll be a yeah. character that's just like obsessed with making their own candles. Yep. You'll have to make, there'll be an entire side journey. There'll be an entire journey mm-hmm. to creating the perfect tie dye sneakers. Oh. Um, much much like Blue's um, final boss battle, the game right. ends before you find out if you made them. <laughs> you like put the sneakers in the vat. There's like an explosion of colorful smoke and then it goes black and white yeah. and just says the end. Yeah, because um, like the creator said about ending in the middle of the of that battle, he said like, um, well, anything that happens in that battle, oh, however the battle ends is really the epilogue. So finding out how the shoes turn out is really an epilogue. It's not. Yeah. Part of the story. <laughs> it's Just the, that's what I love is the idea of like, well, you know, to tell you how the battle ends is actually Yo, not part of the story. And it was a hard boss fight. I remember too. Like I, I was like, this boss fight is taking forever. This is so hard. And I'm sure it took me multiple tries. And then it was just like, we were like, yeah. And we're like, what this is it? What do you want? A conclusion? What yeah. Do you want? Sat- <laughs> what do you demand? Satisfaction? Yeah. Not, in Schlaga Fr- Sh- Frontier, there's just a character that comes in halfway through and is just like, oh, did you want more? <laughs> And it's just like very indignant about it. Yeah. yeah. Anytime you stop and see like if you go to like a shop or there's like a mm. traveling salesman or anything like that, like they've got they 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 just keep telling you that the other store has what mm. you need. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, you don't want that. You want to go over there because yeah. mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. talk to you. Try trader bar bar. Try trader yeah. bar. <laughs> 
But Amelia's storyline is the exact same. You just lift that straight up. Like that yeah, doesn't change. It's literally that's just plot line lifted straight out of Amelia's story. Yeah. Who who's your version of uh the Max then? Like who's your little Oh yeah, robot? what are your robots? Um, I think my robots would be like um I don't know, like probably something. Re- it's it's just it's just Alexa. It's just yeah. I'm looking around my system. room, like what can I use? Like probably something, like maybe something weed related that could be turned into a robot. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like it's just like a Google Home or an Alexa, and all they do is, but they're it's, they're just they're just kind of like Navi from uh uh you know uh Ocarina of Time, where they're they don't particularly serve any purpose they're just like mostly annoying and are like go this way navi was like the paper clip from microsoft oh my god clippy (laughs) i'm just like oh cool um thanks thanks for showing up to let me know that goodbye here yeah yeah so um you know what i'm gonna do uh yeah you know i'm just gonna take navi navi's in Mm. navi's in slogger frontier perfect why not and yeah, I and think like the bad, like the most awful bad. Oh yeah, like the big bad end boss is um, uh, is uh, is like just like a is like the boss at a day job, just like day job boss. <laughs> <laughs> like you should, you know, this is Look, the I don't second time this names, w- but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, it's the second time this week you've shown up late, right? And you're yeah. like. <sighs> this guy and every time you're just about to like finish the boss Mm -hmm. and win there's like monotonous tasks you have to leave the boss Mm -hmm. battle to work on if there or it's time for you to clock out and so you're like i just don't want to be here anymore exactly i'm not going to beat the boss tonight (laughs) i'm clocking out and then within the game you leave the boss battle and go home and play a game yes Half of Slaga Frontier is playing <laughs> Animal Crossing within Slaga Frontier. If there's yes, any good. talented artists who are listening to this, I would love a depiction <laughs> of the cover art for Slaga Frontier. I don't even need a talented artist to do it. Somebody just, <laughs> just draw any me. Just artist. anybody, anybody draw this. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I guess Loot is the one who's smoking weed. Instead oh, a thousand percent. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. And that storyline is just get loot out of bed mm-hmm. to and get to the door to get his postmates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the um, And it's hard. The, the so deleted hard. ninth character that was supposed to be about like family funds is my sister trying to declutter. <laughs> <laughs> And you were just like, that storyline? Too comedic. Yeah, it's too funny. It's too funny. People will laugh too hard at families with money problems. And that's the true truth. No one's going to get this reference. Emma Five, thank you so much for coming on. Why do you know that? You're welcome. Thank you for having me again. Is there anything you want to plug at this time? Oh, man. Well, listen, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Fife. Um, You can also find me on my Twitch channel at Emma Fife. I'm doing a show. I don't really do shows on my Twitch channel. Usually I just like play video games when I feel like it. But I actually have a sh- like show I'm doing now, uh, which is called Thirst Days. Uh, so on Thursday evenings, I am making a cocktail uh, and playing Otome games, which are Japanese dating sims. Um, so right now we are playing Code Realize. I just started it. We're still in the first chapter. Uh, but Code Realize is basically um, 
about a girl. It's like a steampunk game. Uh, and all of the romance options in it are like hot anime boy versions of uh, famous literary sort of Victorian era characters. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it's great. This Super is great. one of the games that uh, Schlager Frontier, you should be able to go play. That's one yeah. of the games you should be able to go play. watch Emma's Twitch in Schlager Frontier. In Schlager Frontier, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then also uh, over on Ven, we just like relaunched our, uh, so we now have like three different YouTube channels. So the channel that you'll find all the stuff I'm working on is Ven Download. Um, so, you know, look it up. Uh, it's a slow kind of rollout. We're starting to put stuff up there, kind of seeing what works, what doesn't. Uh, but we got some good stuff planned for the future. So be sure to go subscribe. Is there YouTube in Schlager Frontier? Like, is is there like a, a, a region where you just go watch videos? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. 99% of Schlager Frontier is... Um, is setting like saying you'll start your adventure 45 minutes later <laughs> hey everybody thanks for listening if you like what you heard tell everyone you know every way you know how remember to subscribe rate and review and be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them we talked about some weird stuff and be sure to follow us on instagram at why do you know that pod or on twitter at why do you know pod they're different and if you've got questions comments concerns whatever be sure to email us at why do you know that pod at gmail.com let's do this again sometime uh-huh.